Welcome back to New World Next Week. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReport.com. And I'm James Evan Pilato from MediaMonarchy.com. In secret meetings, you plan and conspire to create a new order of which you aspire. We've got that poem, plus the Green Reaper threatens eminent domain. But first, White House says, don't report on the Pentagon leaks. Grabbing this, of course, from the fine folks at Antiwar.com, the White House on Monday warned media outlets against publishing information contained in the top secret documents leaked from the Pentagon and other U.S. agencies that have surfaced on the Internet. Without confirming the validity of the documents, this is information that has no business in the public domain. White House National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters, it has no business, if you don't mind me saying, on the pages of front pages of newspapers or on television. It is not intended for public consumption, and it should not be out there, he added. The documents first surfaced on Discord, a messaging platform used by gamers and, of course, your members-only media monarchy community, and most appear to be authentic as the Biden administration is scrambling to control the leak. Kirby admitted that the administration has no idea if more leaks are coming, and then the next day, on Tuesday, Secretary of Defense and former Raytheon board member who awarded Raytheon $2.36 billion in government contracts in his first three months with Brandon. I don't know how much he's done in the two years since then. Secretary of Defense and former Raytheon board member Lloyd Austin vowed to turn over every rock to find the source of the leaks. Now, I can't say much more while the Justice Department investigation is ongoing, but we take this very seriously, he said. Some of the leaks show the U.S.'s war plans for Ukraine and expose that Washington believes that Kiev is running out of air defenses and won't be able to gain much ground in an expected spring counteroffensive. The leaks also expose the U.S. spying on its allies, including Ukraine, Israel, reciprocally, of course, South Korea, and Hungary. This is a very serious national security matter, and it was discussed at the White House press room moments after the Easter Bunny was there, James. Can you feel how serious this is? It feels sometimes, like a lot of times, we're, we're ruled by children, James. Clown world, what else can you say? But <laughs> I don't know, was that a follow the white rabbit reference? And maybe QAnon is real and he's working for Biden now and blah, blah, whatever. Anyway, back in, back in reality, the real question I think with this story is what is the real narrative here? Because, okay, yeah, the government comes out and says, hey guys, oh no, these, this leak, don't talk about the leak. And now it's all over everywhere. And the most reporting I've seen on it in the MSM is in like the BBC. So like, are we, I don't know, how seriously should we take this and blah, blah, blah. And what is it really revealed? Well, to be fair, I think there are already some geopolitical ramifications to some of the tidbits in here. One example of that from antiwar.com, leaks showing US spied on South Korea spark outrage in Seoul. Which, again, even narratively, is this really new news? Um, we could go back to 2013. U.S. spy agency bugged U.N. headquarters, according to Germany's Spiegel. And 2021, U.S. spied on Merkel and other Europeans through Danish cables. So, you know, oh my god, the U.S. is spying on its allies. Wow, shocking news. Of course, it isn't news to anyone in the world, uh, diplomatically speaking. But... Having said that, once it comes out and it's out in the public domain and it starts being reported on, obviously, at the very least, to save face, uh, Seoul has to go, oh, my God, you know, who could have guessed the U.S. would be doing this? And it's a it becomes 
a geopolitical thing. So uh, presumably they wouldn't want that out in the open. Neither the U.S. nor South Korea would want that to be released. So I guess there may be some reality to it in that sense. Um, But then there are the other stories, like leaked document says Ukraine could run out of air defense missiles by early May saying that, oh my god, they're running out of this ammo for these Russian air defense systems that they have, and by May, the, you know, Russia will be able to take them over because of their superior air power, which, what's the narrative here? Oh, they need more support, so more ka-ching, ka-ching more dollars, more weapons to Ukraine, right? So there's a lot of different narrative strategies going on here, but I think the important part of this is not necessarily what is contained in the leaks themselves so much as what the meta-narrative of the leaks will be. And, of course, what does this bring up the specter of? The Russian hacking boogeyman that we've been talking about for years now, and they're behind every corner, and we have to restructure the internet, and you're going to have to fingerprint and eye scan to get on the internet, blah, blah, blah. Well, here's an interesting uh, uh, sort of kink in that um, narrative. The Ron Paul Institute, which is not known for being, you know, anti-Russian or, you know, Russia boogeyman scare, in fact, being quite the opposite, has just published an op-ed by Thomas Lipscomb, why Putin may have exposed the U.S.-NATO-Ukraine operations documents, which is speculating, and it's total speculation, but speculating that, oh, well, you know, maybe Putin wants to justify the Ukraine operation, special military operation, don't call it a war, by saying, oh, look at at these U.S.-NATO documents talking about these things, rather than you know, it's not coming from me, it's coming from them. And there, to be fair, there are certain things in here that, that do point in that direction. Leaked documents appear to show NATO special force operations forces are in Ukraine, as well as French and UK and, uh, yeah, other uh, specific um, cadres. So that that is something that, uh, again, shouldn't be surprising, but that the fact that it is coming out and is apparently, if not confirmed, at least being suggested by these documents, again, is not something that they would want out in the open. Uh, Also, leak shows Ukrainian SBU agents, that's the Ukrainian Special Service, uh, agents attacked Russian surveillance plane in Belarus, um, which was originally blamed on Belarusian partisans, but apparently it was Ukrainian Special Forces. Again, something that... uh, Putin would be at least be able to point to and say, see, they're doing these types of operations in, in third party countries, you know. So there's there's some aspect to that. But really, the narrative on top of all of this is going to be, oh, my God, these leaked documents going out on this discord platform. Oh, my God. How are we going to crack down on this and make sure it never happens again? That's the reaction. Again, no, ma- no matter what the actual story here is and who got leaked what by when and whether it's all real or all fake or some combination thereof, the, the reaction to this is going to be the real story. And I'm not holding my breath waiting for, oh, okay, guys, whatever. It's free speech on the internet. Let's go on. Obviously, there's going to be some serious ramifications for this in terms of national security. And you know that's the way they're going to ultimately crack down on the internet is in the name of national security. And it just takes these types of incidents to gin up at least the the idea in the public that this is going to be necessary to start getting some sort of internet ID going. And don't worry, Elon Musk and the other free speech saviors will be there to institute uh, the ID uh, scanning for Twitter and every other social media platform. This could help soften up Discord for sale to Microsoft, and they've been very interested in years past, but have kind of walked away from it. James, it seems to me like the, the, the... 
Maybe it's the Occam's Razor. Most likely, isn't it probably some military guy who's a giant video game fan, of which many, 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 many of them are, got some documents and put them on the platforms that they use as, as gamers. This also reminds me in some ways, James, maybe of the Panama Papers. I've been playing, of course, I play classic monarchy episodes, and the longer I've been doing this, the more interesting it is to play episodes from, say, this day in 2016 and see how illuminating it is. But it wasn't so long ago I was playing episodes and they were talking about talking about the Panama Papers, where again, the, it's like a, it's a commercial for national security agendas, these, these big leaks. Again, it's, it might fit into another way that conspiracy culture, as, I, as I've said for many years, conspiracy culture was eaten by mainstream culture and they're selling it back to everybody because it's super popular Bafo box office. So the exciting stories of leaks, I think, again, they realize how these elements can be used and have been using them. It did finally just dawn on me there, James, the extra irony of the Justice Department investigating this, and we learn, oh, we're spying on friendly nations. The Justice Department, of course, I never miss an opportunity to mention Danny Casalera's octopus, the Justice Department that stole the Promise software and installed a backdoor and sold it to friendly nations so that they could spy on them. That's even sort of the, the publicly accepted version of that story. We will include related links over, I th this might be even a little more recent, James, over a hundred more classified docs appear online. U.S. secrets from Ukraine to Middle East to China. We'll include that link to Zero Hedge as we conclude that first segment here on New World Next Week, episode 516. Our second story, rather infuriating, James, as the J.P. Morgan chief says, seize property to build wind and solar farms. The chief executive of J.P. Morgan has suggested the government should seize private land to build wind and solar farms in order to meet net zero targets. The hated Jamie Dimon, the long-standing boss of Wall Street Titan, who donates to the Democratic Party, said green energy products projects sorry, must be fast-tracked as the window for averting the most costly impacts of global climate change is closing. In his annual shareholder letter, Mr. Diamond said, quote, permitting reforms, permitting reforms, are desperately needed to allow investment to be done in any kind of timely way. We may even need to evoke eminent domain. We simply are not getting the adequate investments fast enough for grid, solar, wind, and pipeline initiatives. Eminent domain is when a government or state agency carries out a compulsory purchase of private property for public use and compensates the asset holder. The proposal is unusual, especially coming from the longest-serving chief executive of a Wall Street bank and could stir controversy as states in America seek to crack down on seizure orders in Iowa. State legislators this week passed a bill that aims to protect private property owners from eminent domain use by carbon pipeline companies. Mr. Diamond said, of course, we haven't mentioned it in a couple seconds, the war in Ukraine was redefining the way countries and companies, of which, of course, there is no difference, the way they're going to plan for energy security. Mr. Diamond's comments also come as tensions between investors grow about how to tackle climate change. The banking chief also hit out against regulators in the wake of the whole Silicon Valley bank collapse. He said that collapse and the government-engineered takeover of their biggest rival, Credit Suisse, risked undermining confidence in the sector, James. <sighs> my confidence, yeah, I'm set, my confidence in them is just totally blown now. I'm so bummed out. 
eminent domain, again, we'll include the link to Cornell Law. Eminent domain refers to the power of the government to take private property and convert it into public use, referred to as a taking. The pesky Fifth Amendment provides that the government may only exercise this power if they provide just compensation to the property owners. Just compensation. Yeah, like a, like a donut for, for taking their clot shot. In other news, James, Oxford scientists said when power fails on every count and redacted emails in the massive ongoing lawsuit against J.P. Morgan revealed J.P. Morgan executives joked about Epstein's pedophilia. Pedo banksters threatened to take your stuff, James. That's the alternate headline. Yeah, that's that's the more accurate headline, isn't it? I'm glad you brought that story up because that was exactly the one I was going to point to that's going through the newswires right now. Yeah, ha ha. Oh, that pedophile Epstein that we're dealing with. Ha ha ha. Um, and just to follow up specifically on Jamie Dimon himself, I did mention it before, but the latest I've seen on this from a couple of weeks ago, Jamie Dimon will face questioning in lawsuits over J.P. Morgan's Epstein ties. So... That's still ongoing, um, in case you'd forgotten about it during all the other banking shenanigans that are going on recently. Anyway, in a sense, I like how straightforward and out in the open the agenda is in this story. Because, A, I mean, eminent domain, and what what is that? It's out, it, there's no hiding, there's no flowery language. Well, there is, I mean, eminent domain is flowery language. But what is this? It's the government presuming, to, it, it literally says, we own... This entire geographical area, including whatever land you own, <laughs> nope. If we come along and declare public use, we get to take it. Don't worry, we'll give you some. We'll give you what we think is a good just value in return for it. But it's ours. We own this land. So that is essentially uh, for anyone who wasn't paying attention. That is what governments truly believe. And then secondarily, so what is this whole green agenda about? It is about monopolizing the resources of the planet Earth. We own the planet Earth. We allow you peasants to live on it and graze on it and maybe you know make some things from it, but we will collect our taxes. And when we want, we will take that from you for what we want. And uh, wind farm, whatever, you know, who cares, whatever. The point is we own it. And that's what the sustainable development agenda is about at base. It is a monopolization of the planet's resources for the exclusive use and enjoyment of the pedophile banksters and other people who presume to rule over you. That's what this is about. So I'll throw in a link to my What is Sustainable Development podcast where I lay that out in excruciating detail and the debt for nature swaps and all of these other things that they come up with. But this is this is the base level of the scam. They own the planet Earth. They allow you to occupy a piece of it for as long as they feel that that will be productive towards their ends. And when it is no longer productive towards their ends, they'll come and take it away from you. You might remember the story from, oh, that's right, last week. <laughs> GMOs for thee, but not for me. The Green King and all of these things. It's, it's just... The eugenics agenda seems to be a real major part of this whole, what do they call it, uh, New World Order thing. As we will wrap up this New World Next Week episode 516 with one actually from a couple of weeks ago, but it is still definitely worth going over, as, as you just mentioned, James, how sort of plain it is. How much the mask has slipped, which I kind of laugh at as that's appropriate since, of course, the COVID emergency show is now all over. This is not my hyperbole or my incessant editorializing. This is Nikkei Asia's headline. Trilateral Commission calls 2023 year one of New World Order. 
Dateline, New Delhi, as retired foreign ministers, ambassadors, CEOs, bankers, and academics gathered at the secretive Trilateral Commission's first global plenary meeting in India, perhaps the most influential individual sat quietly off to the side, listening. James Baker, director of the Pentagon's Office of Net Assessment, was not even on the list of participants at the Taj Palace Hotel in New Delhi. But his takeaways from the meeting could find their way into policies that shape the world. James, I fully assume that this guy, James H. Baker, gotta be related to longtime Bush crime family consigliere James A. Baker III, but I could not in my show prep. I could not confirm that. Maybe some folks could help us out there. One particular speech may have caught Baker's attention, for it captured the essence of the three-day discussion. The Biden administration is trying to convince the world that this is this titanic struggle between autocracies and democracies. I'm skeptical about that, a speaker said. Instead, the world is fragmented, with countries, including the U.S., looking out for their self-interest, the speaker added. The Trilateral Commission is a non-governmental organization that seeks to deepen understanding between the U.S., Europe, and Asia. Back in the mid-70s, they chose one of their members, Jimmy Carter, as surprise shock winner of America's Next Top President. They needed him to create Al-Qaeda with Brzezinski. The speaker, James, who cannot be identified according to commission rules, which might sound a lot like some of these others, societies with secrets where all the biggest so-called elites sneak away to decide our future in secret behind closed doors. The speaker cannot be identified according to commission rules went on, quote, three decades of globalization defined as integrated, free market-based, and deflationary has been replaced by what will be a multi-decade period of globalization defined as fragmented, not free market-based, but industrial policy-based and structurally inflationary. This year, 2023, is year one of this new global order. The Trilateral Commission held its annual plenary meeting in India for the first time, signaling the secretive organization's interest in the world's most populous country, of course. Created by David Rockefeller 50 years ago, in 1973, the commission sought to bring the rising economy of Japan firmly into the West. Today, of course, you know, like a NATO or something... It's expanded to include members from South Korea, India, Southeast Asia. Another hot topic. This is interesting. This is where it gets really good, James. Of course, it was artificial intelligence. A poll last year found that 49% of AI researchers have said that AI poses an existential threat to humanity, almost to the level of a nuclear type of disaster in the scale of humanity, said a member. Many in the room called for a global scheme to govern AI. Still, participants were generally positive about the wildly popular chat GPT and laterly, later joke jokingly asked the bot to write a poem about the Trilateral Commission. Following is one example, which means there might have been other amazing poems that we haven't gotten reported on yet. In secret meetings, you plan and conspire to create a new order of which you aspire. Your goals are unclear, but some see the end as a world government with you as its friend. James. Ha ha ha, that wacky AI. What will it come up with next? Oh, <laughs> what will it do next? Okay, well, <laughs> that to the side for the moment. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, uh, for people who don't have their head screwed on straight or can't see the uh, the trees for the forest, um, what is this about? What are the actual, what, specifically this particular quote from the Trilateral Commission meeting, which you will note, because of the rules of the meeting, they can't say who it was, but 
someone participating in this uh, meeting said this about the globalization. And it's that quote that you read, three decades of globalization defined as integrated free market-based and deflationary has been replaced by what will be a multi-decade period of globalization defined as fragmented, not free market-based, but industrial policy-based and structurally inflationary. What is he describing there? It's the multipolar world order that Oh, it's the BRICS, man, and it's this new form of globalization that's totally not globalization, guys, except it is. And that is what this is about. It's the one belt, one road approach to globalization, essentially. It's structurally inflationary. It's not free market based. It is um, uh, uh, industrial policy based. And yeah, it's going to be fragmented. It'll look like this over here on the BRICS side. It'll look like this over here on the NATO side. But whatever, guys, it's... It is the new world order. That is what they are describing. So keep that in mind for people who continue to insist that the uh, the BRICS multipolar world is going to be the savior of humanity. No, it is the next stage of globalization, and it's year one of new, uh, the new world order, according to the Trilateral Commission, founded by David Rockefeller, as they noted in the article, but you edited out the best part, founded by philanthropist. David Rockefeller, as he's described in this article, which uh, I could think of a lot of different ways to describe David Rockefeller. Philanthropist would not be the one that springs to mind. But anyway, yeah, for people who don't know about the Trilateral Commission or its relevance, uh, obviously Patrick Wood has had a lot to say about that over the years and how Trilateral Commission is fed directly into technocracy. And they have been steering and uh, puppeteering the New World Order agenda for many decades now. And they're announcing year one of New World Order. I mean, take it as seriously as you want from any pronouncement from these um, these globalist sw- swine. But at any rate, they're, they're out there talking about it. This is the new world order. It is this multipolar world order that people are talking about. And they give things new names. James, in, in prepping the show, I was trying to find some joke because, of course, this, this secret meeting was taking place in New Delhi. I was trying to find some joke between uh, New Delhi, Old Delhi. It's all still the same old world or new world order. It's still the same plan. They just change the marketing from time to time. Again, they're smart. They adjust their marketing like any, you know, corporate campaign would do. Like Bud Light. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Aye, aye, aye. Or, of course, like those shameless shills at newworldnextweek.com. All sizes of Corbett Report shirts are now actually back in stock. We just got those in a couple of days ago. New Monarchy baseball caps for 2023, I believe, have shipped that are on their way to the headquarters. And yes, we can confirm that also the new Corbett Report 2011 USB archives are in. Those will be added to the store very shortly. So that, again, is just some of the ways you can support us at NewWorldNextWeek.com. Of course, we've got the post office box. We've got all the other different platforms, and some of them work well, and some of them are a pain in the butt sometimes, James. For folks that use, and I know you are you are not on there, but I'm on Subscribestar, and I know there are lots of other alt-media folks that are on there. If you use the very wonky Subscribestar, do an alt-media creator a favor me or, or any of the folks you might support on there, alt media or whatever, go double check that your pledge is actually still working. For whatever reason, a bunch of things broke the other day. They just, you know, finally sort of let us know about it. And we've gotten confirmation from a few different people who are like, yeah, they just canceled my pledge. My bank account is fine and flush. There's no reason I should have been stopped. 
So I know we're trying to trying to trying to get an answer out of them. We haven't really gotten anything yet. But just again, just do us a favor. Go check it out and double check and be like, yeah, your thing still works, or maybe it's not. And maybe if it's not, you can head to mediamonarchy.com slash join and support fear-free, ad-free news and music means and more that's been doing it. James, I put mediamonarchy.blogspot.com up on September 11th, 2005. And since then, I've basically turned that old blog into what I basically call a radio station. I run it Monday through Friday, 95 Mountain Time, and would love for folks to come check it out, mediamonarchy.com. James, that is episode 516 of New World Next Week. But before we go, James, earlier you were talking, you raised the specter of Danny Castellero and the octopus. How can people find out more about that? Thank you for giving me that extra opportunity. We made a radio play a couple years ago now called John Klein's Octopus. It was from a theatrical production that actually myself and my wife and even Alexa friend were familiar with from our university decades ago. We did a new original radio play. I like to call it New Time Radio. And that is available up at NewWorldNextWeek.com. It's five episodes. It stars an all-West Virginia cast, because, of course, the story of Danny Casalero reached its denouement in, in a hotel room in West Virginia. It's five episodes. It is a digital download. So if you buy that at NewWorldNextWeek.com, you immediately get the link to download it. And it is, if I remember correctly, James, it is several gigs, because it also contains... Pretty much every bit of research I've done on the octopus and every bit of research you've done on the octopus as well. There are PDF files, audio, video. There's a bunch of stuff in there beyond just the simple, hopefully entertaining and edutaining radio play, the the octopus that you can find there. James, thanks for that. Awesome. All right, let's do it again. Um, Talk to you again next week. All right, buddy. Take care.